Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talk Your Poly Off. Today's discussion is going to be an awesome science talk. So here we are talking about the pour plate method, which is usually the method of choice for counting the number of colony forming bacteria present in a liquid specimen. Hey, Mansuda? Uh, yeah, hold up. In this method, a fixed amount of inoculum, roughly about one milliliter, from a broth or sample is placed in the center of the sterile petri dish using a sterile pipette. Molten cooled of 15... Hey, hey, Mansuda? <laughs> yeah, one sec. Let me frame the question, so we're all on the same page. This inoculum is then poured into the petri dish containing the inoculum and mixed well. After the solidification, the plate is inverted and incubated at 37 degrees Celsius for 24 to 48 hours. But Mansuda! Almost there. <sighs> okay, this is the cool part. Microorganisms will grow both on the surface and within the medium. Colonies that grow within the medium generally are small in size and may be confluent. Monsuda! Yes, sweetie. We aren't talking about a poor plate method. We're talking about the poor method. No plates! What? The poor method. But science. Yes, brain science. The poor method, you know, the idea behind the quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, into a petri dish to monitor bacteria. Into people! To fill them! With bacteria? With life! Love and joy! Okay. Okay, I'm off base. Why don't you catch me up? Okay. Today, we're talking about the pour method of making your cup full and your life better by filling the cups of the people around you. This is the concept of making sure we all have full cups so we can all toast to good health, lots of love... Imagine for a moment a champagne tower at a wedding. Okay. You know, where they stack the glasses in a pyramid? Yeah. Well, when the champagne is poured for everyone involved, it's only poured into the top glass. Once that glass is full, it spills over into the glasses directly beneath it. Those glasses then pull into the next layer, pour into the next layer, and so on. Oh, okay. And then the next and the next and the next until all glasses are full. Once the tower is complete, then everyone has a full glass for the toast. Oh, okay, I think I'm on the right track now. Basically, using the saying that you can't pour from an empty cup and the champagne tower metaphor you just gave, the concept is that you are the top glass in your world, the people in your circles are the next layer, and then the layer after that is the people in their lives, and so on. Exactly. Okay, and the champagne is the bubbly good feels you want to fill your cup with. Uh-huh. And you can't rightfully pour into multiple glasses with a cup that's only partially full, which suggests if you were only partially full yourself, if you tried to pour into multiple cups, each person in your circle would only get a diminished portion of the feel-goods, so the distribution is pretty much non-replenishing and you'll feel empty pretty quick. Exactly. So now that we're having the same conversation... Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the pour method and how to use this theory to enhance your life and to build on your polyamory. Okay. 
If you boil away all the details, the essential ingredients you're pouring into your cup are time, energy, and love. These are things which make you feel full and the things you choose to pour into others. You choose to spend time and energy with the people in your life and how much that you want to share with them. You choose to pour love into others and again, choose how much of that love to share. You might want more with partners or family than you would with coworkers or acquaintances. This is how your people feel fulfilled with you. Okay, but how about we actually dive into the details for a minute so we know what we're putting into our cup. Thinking about the analogy you gave to help with the understanding idea, I kind of keep getting hung up on the champagne. <laughs> okay. Maybe alcohol isn't the best analogy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good drink. But we all know someone with dependency issues, and I don't want the wrong idea to be heard I get that. for this metaphor. So let's talk about what we're actually putting into our cups, because the universe is always trying to pour everything in there to make quite a combustible solution. <laughs> so let's talk about choosing what to pour, and for that matter, how to accept what's being poured. Because there's things we want and would like to share, but there's also things we don't want and would prefer not to share. Going back to like the Petri dish, right. we don't want to give bacteria to our loved ones. So let's talk about filtering what's being poured in. Okay. How are we choosing what comes into our cup? I think that falls back onto our boundaries. Okay. Right? We're choosing who we are around. We're choosing the people who bring us the most joy and laughter and love we're cutting out people and things that maybe are more taxing on us and you know I don't want to say the word toxic you know but people who don't bring all the positivity they're more negative than positive so one of the things I think about is maybe we can't always cut certain people or activities out right as an example I'm stuck with coworkers, whether I like working with them or not. I thought you were going to say you were stuck with me because of quarantine. You're my coworker <laughs> at this time in my life. True, true. You're welcome. <laughs> but for the example, say I have coworkers I don't want to deal with or I don't like, but I have to work next to them. I can't yeah. just cut them out and I have to deal with them on a daily basis. So choosing what I accept from their existence into my reality is part of what I'm going to do for filtering, mm -hmm. right? Another example is the amount and the types of media that we choose to bring in. Mm -hmm. I'm not one to watch news on a regular basis, right? Because I don't like the sensationalism. It used to be that the news was a presentation of what happened. Yeah. And, you know, sensationalism gets involved and people's personal bias gets involved it's no longer just about telling people what happened as much as it is about making sure that the ratings are there. So even in the news, there's a push for sensationalism and extremism in a way that you're not getting unbiased information anymore. Everything's biased now. Yeah. So I avoid watching regular news. That means that I'm going to get my news from probably Facebook, which I check on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Or if I happen to be looking at news articles online, I'll go online to read news. Mm -hmm. Or I'll hear something on the radio. Maybe you'll tell me. I get input from all sorts of other places. Yeah. I could still turn on the TV and get it from the news if I wanted. So all these are options. I've chosen to filter out the TV. I generally choose to scroll past most Facebook 
political or religious posts. Right. Because I don't need to have that coming in. So mm-hmm. that's my filter. If it starts to look too political or too religious, I'd prefer to just walk by it because those are just differing opinions in my eyes. Well, and speaking of like filtering that stuff, I've definitely been caught up in the I'm going through a bunch of the political newsy type posts and then all I'm spitting back out and regurgitating is political newsy posts. Mm-hmm. And that's also not what I want to pour into other people. Right, right. So that's another way of looking at how we're filtering things, right? It may not necessarily just be, I don't like that person because I think that they're really negative, so I'm just not going to deal with them. It might be all of the other inputs that you're bringing into your life. Learning how to accept what you want into your world. Now, this is this is a touchy subject because in my eyes, this there's a fine line here between choosing how to filter your inputs, the things that are coming in, versus closing your mind off to ideas and possibilities that you may not agree with. Right. You can still be objective in what you're accepting. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be subjective. You don't need to close your mind. You don't need to be like, well, I disagree with this, so I'm not letting any of this in. Right. I disregard all political posts. <laughs> I disregard all religious comments. Especially religious when it's posts. on Facebook and you're like, people are making shit up left right. and right. You don't know the source of the information. Right. And and half the time it's bunk news. Right. Which you can you can fact check a lot of this stuff, but most people don't. Right. So it's just, they take it in, they swill it around, they pour it into the other cups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe not the best idea, but I mean, I'm not going to say don't post what you don't want. I mean, like, post whatever you want to post. Do you think? I choose to just block all these things out from social media websites. If I want religious information that I care about, mm-hmm. I will go to the sources that are important for me. If I right. want political information from a political party or a candidate that I care about, I would go to factual sites or documents. Right. I'm not going to get all my information off of Facebook. Definitely. So mindfulness in your filters, I guess, is kind of where I'm going with that. Well, that's good. And, I mean, if we take that to a relationship level versus just a broad overview level, right, we talk about, I think we've mentioned before, That you are the sum of the five people you hang around most with. Kind of an idea. And if the five people you hang around most with are constantly bitching about their partners and constantly slamming polyamory or ethical non-monogamy, and I don't understand why those people do it. Those poly people. Right. So if who you're hanging around with or who you spend most of your time with is doing nothing but bashing on your lifestyle... You may walk away with a negative view of your own lifestyle and then regurgitate and spit that out to your poly friends around you. Mm-hmm. So even the people in your circle will have an effect on what you're pouring into the other people around you. Yeah, definitely. And that's yet another source of ingredient being poured into your cup mm-hmm. is the people near you. So we have people near you. We have social media. We have corporate media you've got your family of origin if they're spitting their ideas at you right right you have co-workers driving in traffic radio background noises Mm -hmm. there's a lot coming in at you and you can choose what it is that you're filtering 
so that you can fill your cup with what you want. And, and again, I really couldn't stress this enough. It isn't just filtering because you disagree with a belief or an idea. It's filtering in a way that prevents what you might feel is negative coming in your life. I would always say, try to keep as open a mind as possible when hearing anything. Like even when I'm scrolling on Facebook mm -hmm. and I see an article and I don't just automatically scroll by it because it has a stupid headline or right. something. And I'm like, there's no way that can be real. I'm still going to allow myself to be open-minded enough. If it caught my eye, it might have caught it for a reason. So yeah. I'll check it out. I'll read through it. And I won't just headline it. And if I feel like oh, I probably should fact check this, I'm going to go fact check it. But then I'm going to build my idea on it based on what I feel is factual. Yeah. Not what I, what I objectively feel is factual, not subjectively feel is factual. Right. And then I will also try to figure out if it's worth even mulling over anymore anyway. Because does it affect my life? Does it immediately affect the people around me? And if not, maybe just let that go so that I have more room for more good in my cup. Definitely. I have another analogy, too. I was just thinking about it. Okay. So we're talking about putting in all this good love, happiness, laughter, and whatnot into our own cup. Filling ourselves up, right? Yeah. Well, I recently heard, think of yourself as a glass vase. Right. And we all have people we take care of. We've got our kids. We've got our spouses, maybe our parents, coworkers, jobs, life stuff. And there's all these people around us that we're also trying to take care of. And if we are a glass vase and we've got good stuff getting poured into us and we're tipping over, we tip forward to pour into our kids and we tip backwards for our parents and tip to the side for coworkers and keep going. And we're tipping over like we're rocking back and forth okay. as we're filling up. Right. Yeah. Now, eventually, what's going to happen to us as that glass vase? We're going to tip too far one day and we're going to break and shatter and then all the good is gone. Okay. So everyone we were pouring into is now going to miss out on all that good that was coming from us. But... If we stand tall and sturdy as that tall, beautiful glass vase, and we know that people are looking to us for some goodness, but we can't do it yet. We're just going to stand tall and receive all the good that we're getting. Eventually, we're going to overflow with that good. Our feet are sturdy. We're standing tall. We're proud. We're solid. Yeah. All the good's still coming in, but now it's filling us up. And then we're going to eventually reach full and it's going to reach the brim and it's going to overflow just like your champagne glasses onto those people around us that require or rely on us for the goodness coming into their lives. And it'll automatically start to fill them up without putting ourselves in jeopardy of breaking and shattering. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great analogy. And I think the ideas of both the champagne tower and the vase are a an excellent way of giving a visualization of you as the container right? and the energy that's getting put into it. We've even talked about filtering that energy a mm -hmm. little bit, which we could probably talk about more later. Well, it's just, and it's just like a water filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's totally filtering out the bad that you don't want. Well, and I guess if we want to be clear, it's not so much that we don't want any bad in the cup, right? It's inevitable 
that we're going to have some things we don't necessarily want. Yeah. I don't think that either one of us believe in this poor method that you're avoiding all bad. Right. I don't think that's possible. Right. It's not possible. You're still going to accept that into your vessel. You're going to still going to accept that into your body, your cup, your vase. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of what you do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you ultimately you want to pour what you care about into the cups of others. And if that means that you tricky pour to keep your bad stuff from going into that <laughs> right. cup, then tricky pour. I put my hand over and I covered all the rocks while I poured all the yummy water. <laughs> right, right. Or even understand that some of the people in your circle can take some of that burden for you as long as you're also giving them good. Yeah. So you could pour some of the bad out. So you can alleviate some of your emotional stress or some of your struggles in your life by your friends. Let them know that you need to pour a little bit into them and make sure that they're ready for that because they might not have room for that in their cup at this time. Mm -hmm. But if you have that conversation and they accept it, it's okay to pour a little bit of that into their cup because that way it helps empty some of that from you. And they're helping take it on that responsibility, right? Well, and I, I think that's a good conversation to have, too. I know we've talked before about uh, how sometimes the conversation with friends is, how can I support you? Yeah. You know, what can I do for you in this time of need for you? But maybe when, let's say I'm struggling and I really need to vent to a friend, maybe I need to preface it with, hey, I really need to pour out of my cup here into you. Are you in a place you can receive it? Right. You know, maybe that's a good conversation to have because then you're not just dumping on them without their consent. Yeah. They're telling you, yes, I'm in a good place. I can handle your shit. Dump it on me. Right. <laughs> but that I do was have a another... gross visual. <laughs> I do have another question talking about like how we pour into ourselves because we were talking about oh, yeah. filtering in some of the media and social right. media and all right. that stuff that we were looking at. How do we how do we fill ourselves up with some of that love and happiness and joy? Well, now you got me stuck on this filter thing because we just talked about the other inputs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let's just say for a moment that you are the glass on like tier three. You're on level three. Okay, I'm waiting this. to get poured on. And in level two is your friend who had just asked you, I am having a hard time. Can I pour some of this into you? Mm-hmm. And you say... Pour your shit on what, what he said. Pour your shit Dump on it. me. Dump your shit on me. <laughs> shit all over me. <laughs> oh, no. No scat play, please. So this is another place where you're choosing what's being poured into your cup. Right. And perhaps that person who needs to relieve some of their misery. <laughs> <laughs> Was that not good? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the misery. Loves company. They need to relieve some of their misery, mm-hmm. and you're willing to take on part of that burden. I wouldn't. I, I said responsibility earlier, and I, I should have said part of that burden. But you're willing to take on part of that burden. Well, I think what makes me willing to take on some of that is because I have done a lot of, in this moment perhaps, filling myself up with a lot of the joy, happy love. Right. So I do have room in my cup to take on some of that crap. Right. And then also, because you know it's coming, you can set your filter up. Mm -hmm. They can pour some of it out into you. You can put your filter up in a way that says, okay, I don't need to personalize this stuff. This isn't a reflection of anything specific. 
They might be venting about their partner who is my metamor, right. but I don't necessarily need to create my own negative image of this metamor. They're just frustrated and they need to vent. Sometimes yeah. we all just need to vent. It makes me think about Batman. And so like I'm the glass and I'm thinking about like it's coming, here comes all the pouring of the, the stuff uh -huh. and pow, not my problem. Bam, don't worry about that. <laughs> So like 1960s Batman, yeah. Adam West. So I'm taking, I'm getting showered on, but every now and then I'm smacking a rock or punching a pebble that I don't need in my cup. Huh, that's a pretty good way of thinking that's about it. That's what I just that's pictured. a great filter. <laughs> I am the knight. My Batman filter. <laughs> that's actually fucking awesome. <laughs> not gonna lie. But like, yeah, so not only are you helping them get rid of some of their woes, but you're also setting up your filter so that you don't take it all on. You don't personalize it. You don't maybe build judgments against a meta or someone, a friend right. or whatever. You can understand that they just need to relieve some of the pain from their cup. Right. And so you filter out personifications or personalizations from it. Accept what they say and then try to objectively give advice. Yeah. Or not give advice. Just listen while they pour totally now we've covered so that's another that's another input a stream in with the filter so yeah we're just so we've got wait, layering we've got onto this now all of our streams in yeah. right so we've got all these outside sources pouring into us yes sometimes we can filter it and kind of pick and choose and uh -huh. decide what we want to keep and whatnot how do we pour into ourselves well, I think that some of that is self-care. Yeah. Right? And both sides of the self-care, whether it's chocolates and bath bombs. Mm -hmm. Which I love. I want to take a bath. Or personal growth, right? Which I also love. Personal learning how to decompress feelings, learning how to process, like building a tree house. I don't, I don't know. Whatever it is that your personal yeah. care is. You want to make sure that you feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So if learning German makes you happy, go learn German. Or right? we just set up the table in the living room for a couple puzzles. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited to work on these puzzles, and that brings little bits of happiness and joy into our isolation days. Right. If you need to come to closure with a past relationship or a death in the family or something like that, and you put the time in to make sure that that closure comes in a good way, that's also a good way to be fulfilled. Right. Whether it is a lost loved one or a broken relationship, there are positive ways to create that closure and positive ways to come to terms with accepting what happened. Mm-hmm. Or there are ways to block it all up, put your subjective filters on, right? And block out any potential for help and just fill your cup with really bad stuff. Anger, resentment, right. sadness. And then, and then from there, then you're pouring that crap into everybody. Right. And eventually, people don't want too much of that poured into them. I know I can't stand it. Yeah. I accept a lot. Because I can handle a lot. I got a big cup. Yeah. But <laughs> but if that's all I'm getting from a source, that's all I'm ever going to get from that source. And mm. I need to cut that off. Yeah. I think there are different seasons, too. Like, I know 
when we first got together, I was perhaps on the more bubbly positive side. Like if you guys think I'm bubbly and positive now, you should have met me three years ago. <laughs> True. <laughs> but you know, you always say I was sunshine and bubbles and all these things. And you still are to me. Right. And I know. And I love you. <laughs> but life happened in three years as it does all the time. Things happened uh, that had an impact on me and who I am. Yes. And so while, yes, I am still sunshine and bubbles and rainbows and unicorn farts. Lots of those. I, <laughs> <laughs> I still have some imp negative impact from just life happening to me. Yeah. So I have to be a little bit more careful and reserved of what I'm pouring out onto other people. Mm -hmm. And... Be a little bit more mindful instead of just, you know, spitting it out on everybody. Whereas before, I could just burst open and everyone's going to get a little bit of me and they loved it and it was great. Now I've got a little bit more negativity coming out with it. Yeah. So I need to pay a little bit more attention. And maybe, you know, give it, maybe isolation heals that for me. And I get to do some self-reflecting and personal development. And I get rid of all the negative. My Batman filter goes to work inside me. Gets rid of all the negative crap that I've been holding on to. And I'm back to bright, shiny rain on everybody. I'm actually really upset right now. That you didn't come I up want, with Batman? I want a Batman filter. And you got <laughs> the one Batman filter. That really upsets me. I want a Batman filter. hey -ya! Pow! Smack! That's okay. I'll take the Punisher filter. Oh, See, that's good. I got a new hat the other day because my hair's getting too long and there's <laughs> no hairdressers on the planet anymore. Hashtag quarantine first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> so my hair is getting really long and it stabs me in the eyes and it's making me blind. And so I needed to fix this problem and I can't just go get a haircut, which is fine because I'd rather everyone was safe. Then everyone had nice hair. I still think I could put bows in it when we're not going out in public. I still think you need to get off that damn conversation because <laughs> I'm not putting bows in my hair. But I did go get a hat and it has a Punisher symbol on it, which I thought was strange. But I found a Punisher hat, which is cool because I cosplay Punisher before yeah. and because I like the Punisher. So I'm going to have a Punisher filter. I think that's good. And you can pow, bang, smack all your problems away. My Punisher is going to shoot all my problems away. <laughs> yeah, nothing campy and fun. Just a lot of explosions and bullets. It's going to be great. All right, so... Batman and Punisher actually met up in a comic book once, too. Did they? Yeah, and they totally fought thinking that the other was a bad guy. And that's a typical trope of yeah. intercompany crossovers. They fight each other, thinking that each one's the bad guy. They realize that they're wrong. They go find the common criminal, right. who's some kind of nobody, just for the crossover. Or it was two villains from the other universes mixing up. Right. Anyway, <laughs> not sidetracked at all. Totally a good time. Reminds me of the old hot tub poly talks. <laughs> oh, jeez. We need a hot tub so we can start those back up. If anybody wants to donate a hot tub to us, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go to ilovepoly.org and find us. Yeah, and then we will actually start putting hot tub poly talk back on the air. Yeah. Because we'd have a hot tub to do it because the whole reason why we quit is because our other hot tub broke. It died. Anyway, sidetrack number two. Number two? I think we've been on track pretty well, this conversation. It's been good. We're going a little crazy in quarantine. <laughs> no. <laughs> you get to go out and go to a job. I do. 
But that has its own weird ups and downs. Yeah, it does. Like, there's like, oh, I really wish I could stay home like everyone else. But yay, I get to leave the house. But no, I might get sick. But yay, I'm not going as crazy. But no. <laughs> it's yeah, really weird. I do have to say, it's terrible and heartbreaking. And there's just no good out of sleeping in until 11 in the morning. Oh my gosh, I get off work at noon and come <laughs> home. And he's like, what's for breakfast? What? I'm on lunch. Yeah. So, mid episode update. Sidetrack number three. <laughs> we have lost all control. All right. Let's so, go back to how we're pouring into ourselves and what we bring in. We talked about what we're doing to pour into our own existence, and that's the self care. Well, I want to know you personally. What are you doing in these crazy, weird times to pour into yourself right now? To bring. Happiness, joy, love, positivity, fulfilledness. Have you ever thought about some of the things we say actually sound kind of dirty? How do you fill yourself? (laughs) What are you doing to fill yourself? (laughs) Well, let me tell you. you. (laughs) So what I personally do is I spend time working on projects that I want to get done. It's my way of... Maybe learning my own German or learning my own course. I'm working on something that I would like to improve in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to get in a place where I'm satisfied. So, like, every once in a while, I'm like, hey, we need to go work on the garage. Or I'm going to go work on the garage. It's getting to a place where we feel better about the space than we did a month ago. Absolutely. We might be able to host some ping pong tournaments soon. Dude, that would be so cool. I know. But seeing that's where but I But not feel in happy. COVID times. No, not in COVID times. We could. Stay six feet away. <laughs> well, I mean, it's our ping pong is already set up for social yeah. distancing. But someone else is going to have to come in and potentially touch the paddle or the ball or another surface, yeah. surface which may have COVID on it. So instead... We set up the laptop on one end of the ping pong table. <laughs> we start a Zoom meeting, and we're on the other end of the ping pong table, and our job is to keep hitting the screen with the ping pong ball, yeah. with the paddle, <laughs> and they're just going to virtual swing a paddle. Right. That's how we're going to do it. Or they can make a cup or basket gesture, oh, yeah. So like, and then we can try and get the ball in the basket like on the screen. beer pong. Like beer pong. Gotcha. But the cup is in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's not going to work out anyway. <laughs> projects. You like projects. So with the garage, right? When I look at the garage a month ago, I'm like, damn it, this stuff is really just a cluttered mess. I can't find anything. Uh, if I want to go to get the, uh, like, the 4th of July stuff out, I don't know where the hell it's at. Right? Yeah. I take the time to organize it. I take the time to put it together. That's one part of my life I feel is cleaner and tidier and maintained. Mm-hmm. So I like to maintain a lot of things. Yeah. If I'm feeling kind of shitty emotionally, I want to sit and process through what I'm thinking. Or I want to try to work out the bad. Right. And decompress, process, find the plus side of a bad scenario. Or like with the COVID specifically. This is the most I've been in a house <laughs> since I was a teenager and grounded all summer long, right? right? And this drives me nuts because I am an adventurer. I need to go out and adventure. I don't because I know the importance of not doing it. Right. But I need it, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting here 
going kind of stir crazy. Going a little stir crazy. I want to lose my mind, right? I'm going to start straight jacket conversations with myself. I need to be able to process through stuff like that. And part of the way I do it is try to find the positive. And in a scenario like this, like the positive is because of all these other projects, I'm getting things done that I haven't touched on literally in years. Mm -hmm. Or that binder I pulled out with all the news clippings, all the paper clippings. Yeah. That was a project from over 20 years ago. I just <laughs> carted around and carted around and never get time move. to. And then finally I have the time to sit and focus and decide what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And now it's no longer a project I ever need to have lingering at the back of my mind. Right. So the plus side of COVID and the plus side of being stuck in the house during the coronavirus for me is that I get to work on maintaining all this stuff I haven't been able to maintain. Yeah, and that's just filling you up and pouring goodness in for you. Oh, yeah, it makes me feel amazing about everything that I'm doing. Yeah. I think for me, I have some of that. It's a little bit of that decluttering feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I know the other day, so I have a giant oak wood desk that I sit at here in the home office. I mean, I don't know, what do you think this is? Like five feet by four feet? Three feet? Five by three. Five by three? But it's large. Oh, and yeah, it's very large. Surface space is about five by three. Yeah. And it creates a lot of clutter when we're like, oh, I don't know where to put this thing. So we're just going to pile it on Bella's desk because there's lots of desk space for it. Well, and you don't do as much at your computer. I do a ton at my computer. (laughs) So like if I throw a couple extra hard drives over there that I'm not going to deal with for a week or so. That's okay. That's fine. It's fine. That stack of DVDs I need to rip. (laughs) It's okay. But it did get to a point where, and again, we were cleaning out the garage, so there was some extra stuff coming into the desk office space. It got to a point where I couldn't even step into the office without just being overwhelmed, literally to tears, because I just couldn't look at my desk. And so decluttering and putting paperwork in appropriate files and getting it organized, oh my gosh, it makes my heart happy. I feel so much better. Even just looking at it makes me feel better. I gotta say, organizing stuff does pretty much give me wood. Yeah, yeah, it's lady boner for me. Yeah. For sure. I do also like getting my hands dirty. I'm learning more and more lately that I kind of like the gardening. Yeah, I'm still not there. I mean, like, I'm more inclined to do housework, yard work. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's not so bad, but it's still not on my list of things I prefer to do. I think, I think it goes back to the almost decluttering for me. Like, if I have this little garden space set up, and it's set up in a way that it's comfortable for me to get down and weed, you know, and pull everything out and kind of tidy it up a little bit. Like at the old house, I had that one square area that I was in charge of. Yep. I feel accomplished and organized and it's clean when I can get all the weeds out and it feels good. And then when the flowers grow, it's pretty and all the colors and all the things. And I can be proud of that. Um, the other thing is, so I've got the productivity that I like, the organization, but I definitely like my me time, Uh my alone time, which is funny because I'm on the extroverted side, but I really like my me time. Even if it's just taking a bath for five hours, for five hours, (laughs) it's not my fault. We don't have a hot tub. And so the bath becomes my hot tub and I have to keep refilling the hot water. Maybe it's sitting down and playing a video game or binge watching some crappy reality TV show so I can just turn my brain off and watch some entertainment crap. Sometimes 
that kind of stuff fills me up because it's dumb and it makes me laugh and it's a good time. Do you want to play Elder Scrolls Online tonight? Some ESO? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a movie to watch. Yeah. And then we can play some ESO. I think that would be cool. I think I've got a peach ring to eat shortly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some of the ways that we both individually find ways to fill our own cup. Mm Mm-hmm. We've talked about filters. Filters are an important aspect of accepting what comes into your life. And we've talked about how it's okay to bring some of the negative stuff in as long as it doesn't take over your cup. Right. right? It's important because I know that there are people out there that think you can't give in to the bad and you can't look at the bad and you can't talk about the bad and there is no bad. Just pretend it doesn't exist and it's not there. That's not true, and we all know it's not true. I like. Oh, are you going to talk? Oh, about, go ahead. I like the analogy. I don't know if it's an analogy or just the saying of like you can't see the stars without the darkness. Yeah. You know, like in life, you can't learn to appreciate all the good, happy, joy, love stuff if you don't experience some of the bad, some of the negative. You don't know right. what you have with all the goodness if you don't have the bad. Well, and that's a great analogy because I didn't actually have one. So that set me up for one. So thank you. Okay. But basically, you don't know what the good is, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, without having something to measure it against. Like if we're thinking about science-y or techie kind of stuff, you need a benchmark. Mm -hmm. You need this to measure against or a zero point to measure the one, two, three, four, five. I need my beginning numbers to know Mm -hmm. how well I've done. Right, right. So if you have bad experience... It's a good thing because it teaches you what you don't want. And if you have a number of bad experiences, it's also teaching you how to overcome these bad experiences Mm -hmm. as long as you're open up to trying and working on it and learning from it. Yeah. So, like, say you have an absolutely horrible experience. That's like your worst day ever. And you want to get away from that, right? So it's not that you don't want to have a worse day ever. You do want to have a worse day ever so that you know what you don't want to deal with and what you don't want. And that way you can work on as much good as possible, but you still accept the bad because you still learn from the bad. It's survival. You want to learn how to survive. You want to live the best life you've got. You need the bad to push you to do good. Mm -hmm. So accepting a little bit is okay. You don't have to be blind to it. You don't have to pretend it doesn't happen. In fact, when you do pretend it doesn't happen, that's when it takes over your cup without you realizing it, and you end up with a lot more junk in your cup than you expected. <laughs> I thought you were going to say junk in your trunk. No. I was like, I got junk in my trunk for you. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. So we want to avoid avoiding. <laughs> We want to be aware of what comes in and what we need to deal with. And then we want to deal with it because we want to dilute the bad enough to where it doesn't really have a huge effect what's in our cup. So we've learned how to filter what's coming in. We've learned how to pour into ourselves so we don't have to rely on the outside. Uh How do we successfully pour into those around us the good, the joy, the happy... As best we can. Well, like in my experience, the way that I try to do that is I like having get-togethers. Again, another reason why I'm excited for 
us to find a cure for the coronavirus or at least a vaccine or something that will make us as humans be better at dealing with it because I want to get together with my people again. Right. I like throwing get-togethers or parties or events where we can all get together and share our life together. So for me, pouring into other people is making events. Yeah. Pouring into other people, maybe supporting them when they need help. We we do pretty well to just in general with giving back to the community. You know, we're there to offer support for people and and we throw the events, but we'll throw things that are more community-based, too, where people are helping people. We're connecting people as well. Yeah. You might be new to polyamory, and this is a whole exciting lifestyle, and you've read about it online, and you're just excited at the possibilities, but who's polyamorous, and how do you even meet any of them? Mm-hmm. That's one of the advantages of having the events that we have, is that we create get-togethers, and we bring people together, and... In the three years that we've been together and all the stuff that we've done in our community already, there have been some amazing relationships that started because people met at our parties. Yeah, absolutely. Or people met at our events. And next thing you know, they hit it off. And they never would have met otherwise, or at least not anytime soon. Right. And there's some amazing relationships that have come out of stuff like that. Anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked on this. Helping people connect, bringing people together. Yeah. And what being there for friends, sometimes just uh, random hellos Mm -hmm. or something like that. That can easily just a a smile and uh, hope your day is going nice. You know, where people are going out for walks in the community and in the neighborhoods these days more than we've ever seen people walking. Yeah. And while nobody's trying to be close to the other person, you can absolutely, hi, neighbor. How's it going? Or like the other day when you took Baymax out and you poured into so many people in the neighborhood, especially the kids who were waving and shouting from their garages and their front doors, hi, Baymax! And they knew exactly who you were. Right. And it's the small things like that, that yeah, we're still connecting people, but total random act of kindness, you were just out for a walk in a blow-up costume. Yeah. Well, and not it, to... it, you probably hit like twenty people that day at least. No, oh, I didn't hit anybody. No. That day. <laughs> With, hit, hit them in the fields. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and that's another way that pouring into the cups of others is good. You mentioned random acts of kindness, which is always a fun thing to do. Yeah. I love seeing when a friend of mine posts. I was in line at food or coffee, and. Apparently, the person ahead of me paid for something. Yeah. And I was just blown away when I got to the window. (laughs) So then I decided to pay for the person behind me. Yep. So right there in that example, paying it forward works. Mm -hmm. You pay for the person's drink or meal behind you. And then you drive off. You don't expect to thank you. You don't want to thank you. You're just done. You did your thing. That person is so touched by what you did by what you poured into their cup that now they want to affect someone else like that because that was an amazing feeling yeah and they want to share the butterflies that they got so they they're looking for someone to pour into oh man there's a song we will have to look up and reference in this episode i think it's called chain of love and i cannot for the life of me remember who does it right now but i know i have it 
it's an amazing story about like it starts with this guy i think it was a guy giving his waitress this huge tip in a restaurant and the story goes full circle right like she does something and then that person does something for someone and it all comes back to like that last person does something for the guy who started it all like it came back to him totally unaware he was just doing something nice oh my gosh it's the best song we'll have to reference it well i think we did just reference it I, we'll put it in the notes though oh i see what you're saying yeah so was it clay walker yes or... clay walker's chain of love so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of ways that we as humans can pour into other people, yeah. whether they're in our circle or strangers, if we just take a minute to consider the effect that we can have on people, just one small thing. And a great example would be something that you mentioned earlier. If somebody were to pour into our cup mm -hmm. by buying us a hot tub and having it delivered, oh my God. we could start hot tub poly talk. And then pour into the cups of everyone listening. That's true. Holy <laughs> crap. You don't even know. All jokes aside, though, honestly, that's another cute little thing you can do. As long as you know a friend's address, mm -hmm. you can order them something cute and have it delivered. Totally. And I've seen or maybe people do order that. them a drink from one of your favorite coffee places and have it delivered. DoorDash brings it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they didn't know it was happening. And then you could be like, check your doorstep. Yep. It makes me want to do all these things right now for people. <laughs> right. It makes you want to do something awesome. Yeah. You know? And then and then wait for them to post on Facebook, okay, friends, who did this? Right. And you just get to secretly sit there and be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how cool would that be, right? Oh, my gosh, yep. So those are a couple of ways that we could really pour into the cups of others. Outside of random happenstance kind of things, always being there as a friend. If yep. they need someone to talk to, if you know that they're not just bitching and not just generally negative, but they're struggling with something. Like when you and I met, I mm -hmm. was struggling quite a bit more than I am. I'm doing great now, Yeah. but I was struggling through a lot of stuff when we first met and you were still taking that chance on me because as much as you saw the negative stuff in my cup, I think you also saw all the good in my cup, and you felt like it was worth it. Yeah, well, and Batman went to work for me. Right. So that was fine. It didn't affect me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> in that scenario, with you and I, you took a calculated risk. Mm -hmm. You set up your own filter, and you thought, he needs to pour some of this into something, and I want him to pour his positivity into me. So I'm going to try to set up my Batman filter mm -hmm. and accept what he has to pour and let's just see what happens. Right. If And I know saw... my levels. I know what I could take and what I couldn't. Right. And if you saw me as someone who was just a negative, nasty person, you would have never offered for me to pour into you in the first place. Right. Right. So there's that concept of understanding and that's why we have our filters. And so when you're pouring into others... You also be mindful of what they can accept, mm -hmm. right? You don't want to give them too much of the bad stuff because you don't want to mess up their cup. Right. Well, and it's, it's kind of like, um, I think we've mentioned this in the past too, where talking about your current partner, like with a new partner. Yeah. Or you're venting and bitching about relationship problems here with someone that you're trying to build a new relationship with. Right. Never a good idea. 
Because as many filters as that new person might have up, where they're like, okay, I'm not going to take in or take personal all the stuff I'm hearing about my meta, eventually it starts to build up, and that person's going to have some feelings about their new meta. Right. Even before even meeting them, if you as the hinge are doing nothing but bitching to them. Yeah. So it's definitely being mindful in these relationships that we are in, in the polyamorous world, or any relationship for that matter, paying attention are, are you using your friends as a sounding board? Are you using your new partner or outside partners as sounding boards? Or are you just giving them, are you just venting all the crap to them all the time? Because right. really, you should give them some of the positive too. Right, and that's the thing, is that, say I'm talking to a new partner of mine, and all I can do is complain about your bad habits or the <laughs> things you do that piss me off. Eventually, that partner is going to look at you like, geez, she's kind of a bitch. Right. But if I'm also always talking about how many great things we do together and how much I would love your smile and the way that your eyebrows peak up when I make you super happy. <laughs> like, I talk about all these little things and they can understand that I'm just frustrated. Right. And everybody gets frustrated. And I think we all know that Partners are, especially, in, again, in multiple relationships, you're going to hear about existing mm -hmm. partners. Yeah. It's bound to happen. You can't, unless you're totally siloed and they want nothing to do with a new partner, they don't want to hear anything about it, there's going to be some overlapping conversation. If I'm trying to get to know you, I'm going to hear about your life. Your wife is part of your life. Right. So that's going to come up. If you were to take that person out of your discussion altogether and you were like, yes, I do this and I enjoy that and there's never mention of your wife, that'll start to send red flags for me. Right. So I absolutely want to hear about people in a new partner's life and with that is going to come some of the bad. And that's where our filters will go to work. But being mindful not to just do the dumping of the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So like if you're thinking about the cups and pouring into each other, then... You've got your Batman filter up. I'm pouring in some of my bad because I need to get some of it out of my cup so I can have more room for good. Yeah. I'm also trying to be mindful of what you can accept. So my new shiny Punisher filter <laughs> is trying to keep some of the excess from pouring into you. Yeah. So, again, there's that. And then another way that you could be mindful of what you're pouring into others is jumping back to the social media idea of oh, I read this ridiculous thing about our president or about the virus or about a conspiracy. Whatever it is that you want to call it, I'm not being biased on any side <laughs> here. But if I read this ridiculous thing about this current world event, right. I'm going to regurgitate that and spout it back out to all of my friends via this post. Mm -hmm. Didn't fact check it. Don't even know if it's real or not. I just was outraged or amused. So I'm going to share it. And now they all see it. So I just poured into their cup, mm -hmm. unfiltered, what was poured into mine. Right. So if I want to be a little more filtered, that's when I would, like I said, way back in the beginning of the episode, I want to fact check that. Yeah. And then I want to see if it has any real factor in my life, if it belongs in my cup in the first place. And then even then, if it belongs in my cup, it doesn't necessarily have to belong in a, another person's cup that's in my circle. Right. So I can choose to keep that. Or I could choose to give it if I feel like it's appropriate. Yeah. Yep. So choosing what to pour where is also a very big thing. Yeah. And who, because if you're 
saying that you're pouring in like this red colored liquid into this friend's cup. But this <laughs> friend doesn't like red colored liquid. This friend likes purple colored mm -hmm. liquid. You don't want to pour the red liquid in. Unless it's mixed with blue. <laughs> Unless it's mixed <laughs> with blue. So being mindful of what you're pouring. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. I think that really comes down to it. Being a little more intentional, being mindful, making sure we've got our filters up, and just, you know, trying to spread that love, joy, and happiness. Right. You can filter what's coming in. You can choose to filter what's going out. It doesn't mean that you're keeping anything. It just means that you're being mindful of what you accept and what you give. Yep. And it's really kind of what this porn method is about. Because the more you accept, the more you're willing to give. And the more that you give, the more that the gift of giving goes on to others. That totally just... It was a good point. I love, I love that. Just reminded me of this thing in Friends where Joey is marrying Chandler and oh, Monica. Geez, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I hate myself for it. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The giving and the receiving. <laughs> but that's what that just reminded me of. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And I just poured that into your cup. I love it. It made me happy. Brought me laughter. Yeah. So we just want to make sure that during these crazy times, people know how to add more positive to their life. Mm-hmm. Bring in the good, pour the good into others, do the best we can to ride out this crazy roller coaster. So, kind of a lot of this, when I'm thinking about our pour method, and then I want to go all the way back to the beginning where you talked about the champagne tower. Mm -hmm. You got the one glass, and then the glasses under it, and then a bigger row of glasses under mm -hmm. that, and a bigger layer of glasses under that. Kind of like it? a pyramid tower. Yeah. So... It makes me think of the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. I remember as a teenager watching, I think it was like The Outer Limits or something, and there was a Gene Roddenberry story where this guy travels back in time. They have this whole company that sets up for a safari, and you can travel to prehistoric times and hunt a dinosaur. And they've selected which dinosaur can go, and it wouldn't affect how the future works. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like this big badass game hunter, and he's like, yeah, I'm totally going to go bag a T-Rex. Right. And then he pays his money, and then they send him back in time. And from the time pod, out comes a walkway, mm -hmm. and it hovers above the ground. So the, the walkway is always above the ground. And they're like, don't step off this path, because if you kill one wrong plant, or if you do one wrong step, right. you alter the course of all of mankind. And he's like, got it, done. And he's tromping on down on this artificial path. And he sees a T-Rex and he goes to kill it. And he can't kill it. Something happened. He got scared. Mm -hmm. And he stumbled off the path and ran back to the pod. Oh, no. In the process, he stepped on this butterfly. Uh-oh. I feel like I want to watch this now. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. And then so he gets back to the pod. Well, I'm going to ruin the whole show for you then. <laughs> so spoiler alert. <laughs> Steps on this butterfly, runs back to the pod, goes back to the future thinking no one needs to know. The door's open and there's a bunch of Nazis greeting Holy him. Holy crap. And he's like, what in the world just happened? Well, apparently the butterfly he stepped on uh -huh. 
there was a swarm of butterflies in World War II that stopped this invasion from the Nazis to this area. <laughs> yeah. And because he killed that one in prehistoric times, that swarm never happened in history. Right. So the Nazis got to take that thing, and then so Nazis won the war. It so basically what, yeah. what it's saying is one small thing that seems inconsequential mm-hmm. could eventually affect the entire world. Right. Right? And so when I'm thinking about the Champagne Glass Tower... The one small pour, the one thing you don't think really matters. Right. Buying that coffee at BlackRock for someone. Right. Once it hits three people, and then three times three, and then three times three times three times, you never know how you affect the world and how you actually change it. Right. Well, they, you know, to take this into a little bit of a darker place, they say that with... Darker than Nazis? Yeah. Like okay. mental health and suicide. Oh, shit. Okay. Quick warning here. A quick hello or how's your day to someone who's in a dark place and maybe contemplating something like suicide can change their life. And you never know what something that small can do for somebody. Right. And so that teeny tiny little bit of positivity that you, a big smile that you just shot their way and you were like, hey, I was thinking about you today, yeah. could change their course of history forever. Yeah, and they could come on to be the next big painter so yeah that one small act of kindness you just never know yeah i guess that's why the poor method is important for my view of things yeah is because you're not just pouring into a friend or two you're pouring into the future yeah oh i like that yeah pouring into the future and that's how it really affects like they say that your actions affect the world Mm -hmm. this is really how it is No, as one person, you can't affect the world by doing the thing. What you're pouring into others does affect the world overall. Right. Because it shapes the world around you. And you could be pouring that negative shit-talky stuff or the negative feelings or the resentments. Or you could find a way to pour good into yourself and pour processing into yourself so that you could pour good into others. And we all get a little lifted by each other. Definitely. I think I think we have potential to come out of this COVID stuff. Absolutely, it's a terrible thing. But not only can we learn from it and what we've experienced, but I think as humanity, we can come out ahead and better people for it. Yeah. You know, we've all heard about how the planet is healing and doing things. Cleaner air, cleaner water. The planet's healing itself. Right. So why can't we as humanity kind of heal ourselves? Right. Right? We can learn from this and be like, man, it might not be so important to work all these extra hours. And maybe it is more important to check on our neighbors and make sure they're doing okay. And those kinds of things. I hope that coming out of this, we take some good from it and we make the world a better place. I know that sounds cheesy, but... I'm hoping. But cheesy is good, honestly. I, love I think cheese. so. What we want to do is we want to try to affect the world for good. So when we're talking about the support method, we're trying to give you another tool to not only help you and yourself, but also your polyamorous lifestyle mm-hmm. and the world around you. Right. Because the world is how we make it. And if we want a better world, we have to pour good into it. Absolutely. And with that said, I think that we've got some stuff to pour into cups yeah so we gotta go do that and we will see you next tuesday bye now 
Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and and love love without without limits. limits.